Pushkin. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. A Malibu dad who'd killed his wife and her young child out of greed? It sure looked that way to Stan Roden, the Santa Barbara district attorney. This is Dempsey Billy, a DA's investigator who worked on the case. I think we had um, five or six or seven uh, criminal investigators, and then about, uh, probably about 12 deputy district attorneys. And so they'd roundtable it to see if, if the district attorney's office should file that case. When the facts of Fred's case were presented, there were crickets. Nobody really uh, wanted the case. They didn't think it was, they didn't think there was enough evidence there to accuse Fred Rayler. And then Stan Roden felt very strongly about it and took it and ran with it. Stan Roden was the elected official, the boss, and he wanted to argue the case himself. He was determined to bring Fred Rayler to justice. He's the one who said, I'll take it myself. He put the full weight of his office behind the effort. Law enforcement was investigating five deaths with possible connections to Fred. Verna, Doug, the Navy diver who had drowned while using Fred's scuba equipment, and also, Verna's first husband, Bill, and Fred's first wife, Jean. The Santa Barbara detectives, Fred Ray and Claude Tuller, had turned up a ton of dirt on Fred. For every person in Malibu who admired him, it seemed, another one thought he was a creep. He was cold. He was harsh. He was weird. He was kind. He was true. You could trust him with your life. Fred hired a high-powered defense attorney and engaged a team of private eyes. They started re-interviewing the detectives' sources, all those Malibu people who had talked to Ray and Tuller and told the tales the detectives wove into that scandalous 54-page affidavit. 
But when Fred's investigators fanned out over Malibu, they heard a very different story. Kathy Polis, a Malibu mom, had talked to detectives back in March of 1981, before Fred's arrest. In the affidavit, Detective Tuller wrote that she, quote, described Fred as being strange, stormy, and rigid. He also wrote, citing Kathy, the second marriage was not as happy as Verna's first marriage with Bill. She described Bill as being gentle and Fred as not gentle. And, he wrote, again, supposedly based on Kathy's commentary, Doug was afraid of Fred. But two months later, when one of Fred's investigators went to talk to Kathy, she was appalled. The detectives had taken her words and twisted them. I mean, I can tell right off the bat this is not quite accurate. Okay, what don't you consider accurate? Well, let me go back to the beginning. Okay. Where it said... Verna had problems with her second marriage. Second marriage was not as happy as Verna's first marriage with Bill. I don't know that, and I didn't say that. This kind of elaborates on what I might have said, you know, and I didn't really say okay. quite like In other words, it's worded a lot more strongly than... Exactly. Um, where it talked about... Described Fred as being strange, stormy, and rigid. Yes, I think his, um, his way of dealing maybe with discipline was rigid, but a lot of that is what I had heard. You know, I did not witness him beating up his children. Okay. You know, or I mean, disciplining them. No. Um, let me go on here. Okay. Described as Bill as being very gentle and Fred as not gentle. I don't really know that he's not gentle. So you did not say that? No. That Fred was not gentle. I, I don't this is exactly what I'm here for. Just yeah. go on making comments like you are as you're mm -hmm. And I never said that Doug was afraid of Fred, because I never witnessed that. Fred had some detractors in Malibu. She wasn't a fan. But had that somehow been turned into a criminal complaint against the guy? You know, and I don't know if some of these people have an axe to grind. You know human nature. I mean, wow, a great scandal. You know, go with it. By the end of her conversation with the investigator, Kathy Pullis was angry. And I'm offended that, you know, they kind of did a lot of insinuating here to make their case better or whatever. So, no, I would say that this, no, isn't... You would not testify to what... I would not testify. <laughs> Santa Barbara detective Fred Ray didn't respond to my interview request, and Claude Teller has died. But they left a very long paper trail. To build their case against Fred, they had to deal with an inconvenient reality. There was just not a lot of physical evidence... So they'd gotten creative and poked around the tight-knit community of Malibu for clues. That was a gold mine. Everyone knew something, or had heard it third-hand from someone else. So the detectives gathered a lot of juicy stories. That presented Fred's defense team with a challenge. This is how one of the private detectives put it to him back in the spring of 1981. Somewhere along the lines, it's been said that there are three... Fred Bravos. One is the one you think of yourself as. The other one is the one that people perceive you as. And the third one is the one that you really are. So who was the real Fred Raylar? I'm Dana Goodyear, and this is Lost Hills.
Episode 8, Three Freds. Fred needed to prove that the Santa Barbara detectives had it all wrong. They had him all wrong. He was a good guy, and he set about trying to prove it from his jail cell in Santa Barbara. Top of mind for Fred? Beating back the image of him created by Detectives Ray and Tuller in the affidavit. Here he is, talking to the private eye. When I received the uh, copy of the affidavit, the 54-page essay, uh, I sat down and responded to it page by page. Mm -hmm. Uh, After I did that, uh, I went back and I wrote probably at least one to two tablets, legal tablets, Mm -hmm. full of just what we're going to be talking about right. again. Right. I don't know if you've had an opportunity. They went through a list of all the people Fred knew in Malibu. But not just that. They talked about his family, Verna's family, Jean's family. According to Fred, Verna's family and Jean's parents were totally supportive of him. There's a good dialogue and, and good communication. and uh, They are as close to me, uh, really, as my parents and as Cam. It's a unique situation. You know, that's going to be a a strength as far as your, you know, to put it in in a very pragmatic term. These people are going to be your your best character witnesses. It was important, the investigator said, that the persona Fred presented to the jury be credible. If there was a bad Fred, he needed to know about that, too. See, we don't want to characterize you as any kind of a saint. Okay, you're a human. You've got your strengths. You've got your weaknesses. You've got the things that people know about you. And if we can get some kind of a composite, then we can uh, present you to a jury in a way that the jury's going to say, hey, you know, here we are. One person who knew him well and who Fred felt sure would vouch for him was his psychiatrist, Dr. Paul Remus. R-E-M. Maybe in Tarzana. Law enforcement had run into a contradiction in Fred's persona, in the stories various witnesses told about him. The man who lived for his family versus the man who would brutally kill them. If Fred was capable of the cold murders the DA suspected him of, surely Dr. Remus would have seen the signs. He'd know if Fred was faking. Right? Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. 
Go to lifelock.com slash iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, NA member FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Fred's private investigator went to interview Dr. Remus, the psychiatrist Fred had consulted after Jean died and again after Verna died. The investigator wanted to know how Fred had presented himself in therapy if his grief had seemed authentic. Here's Dr. Remus. Uh, the first time that I saw Fred, and he talked about the fact that his first wife had died uh, and it was an accidental drowning, I, I think he brought me the pathology report talked about looking into how it happened, what was the, the cause of it. He was uh, concerned and upset about it, but he didn't cry. Dr. Remus said he wasn't surprised by Fred's lack of emotion. To him, it didn't indicate that Fred had killed Jean, just that he didn't really like her. This was totally in, in keeping with his feeling about Jean that they really weren't getting along too well. And he is by nature, he's a fellow who holds his feelings in, tries to intellectualize a lot, uses words and, and hard data and facts, and doesn't give in to his feelings very easily at all. So that uh, fact that he didn't cry, 
but he looked upset. It was acceptable to me. I didn't have any question. Second time. But when Verna died, Fred's behavior was markedly was different. This time when I saw him with Verna, the very first thing he said, first sentence he said was, my wife is dead. And he looked at me and he broke into tears straight away. To Remus, this was real sorrow, an unfakeable, authentic emotion. That was very significant to me. Because this is a guy who tries to use intellectual defenses all the time. And here I don't believe he could have faked it. I didn't have that feeling that there was a manipulation of my feelings at all. The actions spoke for themselves. He was, he was moved to the point of reacting. The nature of the relationship with Verna was entirely different than his relationship with, with a gene. It changed his life. And I think that that's uh, enormously significant. You see, here we have a guy. Verna, Dr. Remus said, pushed Fred in a good way. She demanded that he uh, experience life. And his connection to her was entirely different than his connection to Jean. To get on with Verna, to, to you know, be in love with Verna, meant you had to get into yourself. You had to feel yourself. She meditated. She was on nutrition therapy. She started jogging. She, you know, she lived. Mm-hmm. And she was his life. In fact, just showed him the way that life could be. Now, I don't know, you know, this is not to say, make comments as to, well, he would want to get rid of Gene. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Verna meant to him something that money couldn't buy. His phrasing is arresting. Verna meant something money couldn't buy. Verna uh, and he fit together, both of them having lost a partner, both of them having children. And she essentially, uh, knowing how to take children a lot better than he did. It was a functional thing for them both. He thought Verna had also helped Fred process Jean's death. Things between Fred and Jean were so acrimonious at the end. Jean's death was especially hard for Fred, Remus said because deep down, he'd kind of wanted her to go away. You know, his worst fear, which is to, to, to have your thought played out in action. You know, you can hate somebody, but if you find them dead, it's your worst fear. You know, you wouldn't want that to happen. And so he was blown away. That's where Verna came in. She was a religious person, okay, and, and he wasn't, and then, you know, she, you know, grounded him. She really gave him uh, some kind of a, you know, a basis for understanding, yeah. an emotional basis, I'd say. He understands things very well, intellectually. Oh, I know, he's a very bright fellow. That's right, but emotionally, it's difficult for him to sometimes get into, into his feelings. He's not really had a lot of experience in communicating feeling to other people about how he feels inside. Difficult for him to express his emotions and his feelings? Uh, I'd go farther than that. I'd say that often people like Fred can express themselves pretty well, but deep inside they know they're holding out. They're not really wide open, vulnerable, that's the word. Difficult Uh, to be vulnerable. He He was vulnerable when he came into the office the second time. 
Medical professionals who saw Fred right after the drownings told the detectives about odd behavior they'd observed. Fred's vital signs were normal, and he had no obvious injuries. But he was acting really out of it, seemingly drifting in and out of consciousness and refusing to answer questions. They'd suggested to the detectives Fred might have been faking. The investigator wanted to know if Fred knew enough about psychology, about what was expected of him, to be able to act shocked and horrified when Verna and Doug died. The answer is yes, but balance it against other things. And the odds are 0.01% that he, uh, you know, he's uh, you know, he psyched out the whole thing, figured out, you know, how to react, and then just, there's nothing in his past that suggests that there's just that kind of psychopathology. That makes good TV story, you know, where the criminal is so clever that he uh, fools everybody. I don't believe he can do that in real life. Remus said Fred's love for Verna was genuine, and so was his investment in his children. He didn't think the family man persona was an act, and he definitely didn't think Fred was smart enough to Jedi mind trick him. But mostly, he approached the problem practically. Besides loving Verna, Fred needed her. So why would he kill her? Law enforcement was theorizing that Fred needed money more than he needed Verna. That he was driven to kill in order to collect insurance money. Looking at his finances, it's hard to see a different source of income. He needed a change of fortune if he was going to keep living the dream in Malibu. But law enforcement didn't necessarily understand the real estate market in coastal Southern California. Here's Fred, talking to one of the private investigators he hired, explaining how he got into the housing game. He started with a place in the Silver Strand neighborhood in Oxnard. We paid some enormous amount of money, like $18,000 for this house in Oxnard, over on Silver Strand. In 1972. Yeah. yeah. And we still have it this day. You still own the house over there? Yeah. It's worth a little more now. Oh, yeah. It was appraised at 105 or something like that. Fred's friend, Mike Killeen, told that same investigator that Fred's instincts for real estate were the key to his financial solvency. Oh, I can tell you a story. It's real easy. Because you remember what happened between like 70 and 76 and 77. Things went crazy. It was a story that hinged on the massive inflation of home values in the region. When Fred and Jean moved back from Berkeley, they purchased a house on Calpine. My recollection is that they paid somewhere in the fifty dollars to $60,000 range for that house. I don't know how creative he was in financing. But again, the guy doesn't have to be wealthy to, to put that together. And he put it together. He had income property in Oxnard. He had income property in Malibu. And Verna had some income property in Malibu. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and with that going on, uh, that's how I suppose he would pay his mortgage. And as far as I knew, he probably had some resources to draw from and a little bit of savings. Was Fred all consumed with making the almighty dollar? Oh, God, no. The man has the soul of a poet, not of a, of a, of a raving business lunatic who thinks that the dollar is the most important thing. But he's not, not a stupid man. He certainly realized the value of his prudent investments early on. Mike's point? Fred might look overextended to the investigators. 
But all these properties were working for him, making him money, and home values were surging. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. Copyright 2024, JPMorgan Chase & Company. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com to start a new musical journey today. For months, Fred sat in a jail cell in Santa Barbara. He made a lot of notes, long lists of things for his defense team to do, impassioned rebuttals of the witness statements against him, lists of reasons why the accusations were so boneheaded in the first place. Law enforcement was overreaching, out of control. Quote, bad news, coaching investigation targets and putting words in their mouth, a no-no, unquote. One list he made was titled, 
Why Not at Santa Cruz Island, January 2nd, 1981. There were 38 numbered reasons why not. Number six, could have waited till we were in Mexico and had them done in by bandits. Number 12, would have picked a boat that sank. Number 14, would have beat them up on rocks to mask anything I would have done. Number 15, could have cut them and had sharks in 10 minutes. Number 16, could have had them done in on a secluded part of Malibu Beach. Could have been jumped by dopers or... Number 17, could have had them kidnapped. Number 18, why would I want to ruin a dream boat trip? Could have waited till everyone wanted to go home or I was ready to go home. Fred wasn't the only one strategizing. He had a robust defense team led by a high-powered defense attorney. A few of his friends from Malibu and one of his brothers were also helping. And so was Fred's friend, Bill Fairfield, the lawyer who was part of all those hot tub parties back in the Jean era, who'd advised him and Verna on estate planning and set up the trust. Here they are troubleshooting Fred's defense, addressing the things that made him seem guilty. The awkward facts they were gonna have to work around. And our purpose uh, in uh, being congregated here this morning is to uh, discuss some some ideas and uh, hopefully bring out some suggestions that uh, may be of benefit to Fred's defense uh, in connection with the upcoming trial. Awkward fact number one. Verna and Doug could swim. One of the things that uh, certainly has come to my mind is and that has certainly become a major issue is the swimming ability of both Doug and, and Verna. Have any of you experienced or visualized Doug in any type of a panic situation before? He was a hyper kid, wasn't he? High stroke. Which Perpetual would, motion. Which would indicate uh, to me, whether it ties or not, I don't know, but would indicate to me that under a situation of panic, he would tend to react more than the average. Yeah, but a lot of kids would. I mean, my kid two days ago got turned over by a wave and was in a terrible shape. You know, this was this was three feet from me, was in a panic. Got, you know, so... so but, if, but if your kid is just the average kid in terms of energy, mm. perpetual motion of Doug, maybe Doug would react even... Yes. ...crash about even a bit more, which, again, is why I wonder about that. I think, I mean, you can come up with 10, 12, 20 ways, perhaps, that Doug could have been hit in the head. The oar, the, the camera action, mm -hmm. Fred falling over as they're all falling out of the boat, Verna uh, uh, grabbing something, and maybe that something was Doug, and, and, uh, and pushed Doug down into the boat. Mm -hmm. Awkward fact number two. Fred could really swim. Uh, you know, to the Machiavellian mind, uh, here is a man who is more expert in the water than you know, 99% of the population. So he knows exactly. I mean, he is in his element when he's in the water. Exactly. So therefore, he knows what to do to, I mean, if he wanted, uh, in, in calculating fashion, right, to do that. He knows what to do. Uh, and this could rebound badly against him as a possibility. It could be used in argument to show that's why Fred survived. He was in the water a long damn time. Okay, and he was... And he swam those people a long ways, and that's, 
I don't, you know, I could have done it. You know, I think I'd have bought it long, long before. I, he was in the water up to at least an hour, as far as we can tell, maybe an hour and a half. So, I mean, I, I think you could, you know, you can, you can use it to cut both ways, but it's a concern. Let me, let me Awkward fact number three. Lady the dog. He was able to save his dog, wasn't he? The dog was able to save himself. Oh, the dog. Okay, well, okay. Um, but um, the rock wall is exactly that, a sheer rock wall. And so... 50 foot or something? Well, I, you know... At least. You know, and so the idea, I, I don't know, maybe you... Uh, as I say, physically, the idea of, of, of shoving somebody up is, is, is difficult. Just lost one of them. Okay, so no one could really explain how Lady got up there. Hmm. Awkward fact number four. Fred, his whole manner, it was wooden. Fred comes over on that tape to the officers as very calculating and deliberate with respect to his story. Tan speech type? Well, for the most part, like in the first first hour, hour and a half of uh, the interrogation, he, he rarely breaks down at all. Except when he, when he mentions Verna's name or he mentions Sally's name, he does appear a little bit choked up. It's fleeting. It's just there for a moment, and then he's, he's, he's back to normal. Fred, Fred's a very reserved individual. He's being very calculating by nature, and he also knew what, what, what those guys meant. In pretrial hearings, they said, Fred was coming off as stiff, aloof. He wanted to smile a little bit more, look a little bit more relaxed when he's sitting there at the, at the bench. And, and at a bail hearing where he was denied release, Fred had shown no emotion. One of those. Just if he puts his exactly. hands up to like his hand and shakes his head. Can they be saying? Yeah. You know, his expressions change not at all. Well, I that, wanted him to be a little bit pissed off. Now, when you get a jury up there, Fred gets on the stand to testify in his own defense. Indeed, if he comes across with some of what you've just said, almost cool, calculating, cool as a cucumber, uh, matter of fact, except for, you know, emotional chokes, that, you know, the jury could say, um, Jesus, you know, this guy is so bloody calculating that, uh, that it's conceivable. Precisely. Uh, they were hesitant, though, to give Fred too much direction especially if the prosecution was going to put on a case saying he was a phony and a fake. No, no, no. Well, then that's, you know, that's the worst thing you could do, to say, you know, give us a, give us a movie of the week performance. Well, maybe he takes value for that, but, but the, the thing is, he can react to He can react without being contrived. In this tape, he was stifling. He was trying to push it down, so I, I think to enhance his communication with the officers. But I think if he, maybe what needs, to be, what needs to be done is to encourage Fred to allow it to well up, let it come out. Get a little bit more emotional and so when you feel it, you know, let that come out. Display okay. it. Anytime you want him to break down, you just march those three kids in the back of the courtroom and he will be in tears. In essence, what your comments are that you feel that Fred's state of mind is so bad because of all of the tragedies that's happened in his life that he's basically just kind of prepared himself that's to it. It's not a guy that said, Well, geez, I hope I get away with this. It's a guy that's saying, What it's next? What next? Awkward fact number five. The elephant in the room. Jean, Fred's first wife, who also drowned under murky circumstances. Is Jean going to be admissible? Uh, we're working on it. Uh, what do you think? No, yes. I don't think it is. What would you say right now, Bill? That's what you're thinking is, too? Yeah, but how can you keep it in? Huh? Well, the... The thing is, the, the judicial system does not allow evidence of prior crimes to come in just to show that there's a criminal you know, disposition on behalf of the defendant. And he's more inclined to commit crimes than anyone else. 
Sometimes you can get an initial common scheme, plan or design, intent, or, or knowledge. This will all depend upon upon the rulings by the judge yes, that's whether it's going to be in or not. It's a discretionary yeah, time trial. The outcome of the trial might turn on whether the judge allowed the DA to talk about Gene. If the jury saw a pattern and thought that Fred was killing his wives, that would be tough for Fred to overcome. But, but there's no doubt that um, the prosecution has to, has to bring in the Gene death and some of the insurance history to, to, to prove their case. I mean, it, I mean, if they don't, uh, their, their case is blown out of the water. Well, it's severely impaired, let's put it that way. You still have Fred's story, you know, whether or not it's credible or not. The outcome of the trial would depend almost entirely on Fred, the only witness to the drownings of Verna and Doug. And Fred was confident in his ability to explain the strange circumstances of their deaths. After all, he had experience. He'd done it before. He'd silenced the rumors stirring in Malibu after Jean's death. He'd even managed to persuade one of her best friends, Verna, to marry him. But this time, he'd be facing a jury, 12 strangers, and a formidable adversary, Stan Roden, the Santa Barbara DA. Coming up on the next episode of Lost Hills, Fred's trial draws a crowd. People like stories about rich people and rich people doing bad things. You know, this is this is mythology. If somebody got life insurance and killed their wife in a glamorous situation on a yacht, you know, on a holiday weekend. Wow, that's a big deal. And look, we've got this highly technical evidence about it because it's, you know, we're such a hotshot prosecution that we can do this. That's next in Episode 9, Prejudicial Effect. Lost Tales is written and reported by me, Dana Goodyear, It's created by me and Ben Adair and produced by Western Sound and Pushkin Industries. Subscribe to Pushkin Plus and you can hear the whole season ad-free and get early access to the final two episodes. Find Pushkin Plus on the Lost Hills show page in Apple Podcasts or at pushkin.fm. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.